Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. This is the Weekly News Roundup. Well, we still have lockdowns in China, causing disruptions to Alibaba, amongst others. We have inflation at a 40-year high. We have Russia's invasion in Ukraine, still causing chaos and likely to damage food supply chains for the rest of the year, with difficulties getting grain out of Ukraine by sea through Odessa. Rail strikes impending in the United Kingdom, likely to cause food problems, freight movements, particularly food movements around the country, and Sri Lanka defaulting on its international payments. And those are just some of the things coming up, so stay tuned. Accenture released a report at the Davos meeting in Switzerland this week, and it said that the Eurozone could be impacted by about 7.7% loss on gross domestic product in 2023 as a consequence of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's worth noting that during COVID in 2021, the Eurozone economies were just affected by 112 billion euros. So this is nine or ten times higher as a result of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Now we'll have more on this particular story in the midweek edition of Chain Reaction when we talk about the future of supply chains and what it means to build resilience. And we discuss the strategies that organisations can employ to mitigate risk from the uncertainties ahead. The United Arab Emirates Trade Minister, speaking at the Davos conference, said that uh, they would continue with the globalisation agenda and he wants particularly to cool global prices, to to push back on those uh, prices and to continue with the trade deals that they've signed. They've signed a, a trade deal recently with Israel and other countries and they want to press on with those. The UAE has connections with 250 ports around the globe and of course it's a hub for air freight. And the Trade Minister's focus was on efficiency and globalisation to bring the benefits to the economy. And he was very keen to suggest it was a knowledge economy with logistics and supply chains at the centre. So that's what the UAE Trade Secretary Thani bin Ahmed al-Zawadi had to say on the matter. I hope I've said his name correctly. On the west coast of America, cargo handling is said to be 7% down in April on what it was this time last year, and that's mainly due to the lockdowns in Shanghai. Press release from the port of Oakland said that containerized imports were down 17% and exports down 18% in April. There's been a drop in the number of ships stopping at Oakland and the pickup of containers has also been slower, so dwell times have been higher. And containers, of course, are in short supply. It wasn't long back that uh, 30 ships or more were queuing at 
Oakland to get unloaded. So uh, things have changed, not for the better. Revised production plans by Toyota in Japanese plants are emerging as a consequence of the supply shortages from those lockdowns in Shanghai. Toyota announced this week that the June global production forecast is about 850,000 vehicles, which is tens of thousands less than what they would normally produce at this period. And that's due to semiconductor shortages. Toyota has introduced rolling pauses across half of the production lines in Japan. And models affected are the Toyota Corolla, the Prius and the RAV4. And those stoppages are each about five days. It's 16 production lines across 10 plants in Japan that are affected. The good news is that authorities in Shanghai say that they've begun to ease the restrictions and they expect things to get back to normal in June. Well, we'll wait and see. According to the Society of Motor Manufacturers in the UK, they say that new car registrations were down 16% in April and they expect forecasts for new car production in 2022 to be 9% lower than usual. Manufacturers have been experiencing problems with production, mainly because of the issues related to semiconductors, not being able to get hold of them. So uh, it's not just in the US, it's actually in the UK as well. I read this week that in the United States, supply chain problems and the shortage of labour in the meat trade was causing problems with ribeye steak. But apparently it's nearly doubled in price due to these disruptions. So, inflationary pressure in reality. Prices have increased from about $8.70 to around $17 per pound. So not quite 100%, but only about 5% off. In Spain, apparently, regional cities are having to redesign the urban spaces. And that's because of the rapidly increasing appetite for e-commerce. So cities such as Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia are having problems with last mile logistics because the demand for these goods are increasingly high. Spain is moving in a trajectory from manufacturing-led to consumer-led logistics. Apparently it's at an earlier stage in Spain than many other European cities. E-commerce penetration is said to be about 7% of retail sales. In the United Kingdom it's 27%, so quite a difference. So perhaps there are some lessons here that uh, could be learnt from the United Kingdom. The UK was in this position probably about 12 years ago. It had about the same level of uh, e-commerce penetration, but it's rapidly taken off since then. And of course, it's really been driven by Amazon. I see Amazon delivery vans and Amazon Prime vans on the road every day now, whizzing around to deliver to local businesses and houses in all the major cities. Amazon has about 15,000 people employed in Spain, double what the employment 
in that sector was in 2019. And of course, the additional revenue from e-commerce is about four and a half billion US dollars. The last mile in logistics, of course, is very important because that's where you get the goods from a delivery hub or a DC, a warehouse, out to its final destination. And in the UK, we have a name for people who do that. It often, if it's not Amazon Prime or DHL, one of the big carriers, it's White Van Man or Woman. The Madrid Ring Road, apparently, is able to serve a population of about 6 million people, all within a half-hour drive. And that's put pressure on rents for warehouse space in that region. The Railway and Maritime Transport Union in the United Kingdom has uh, called a strike on the rail network. Those strikes will take place from June onwards until it's resolved. Members have voted in favour of the strike because of pay and conditions. And it's likely to disrupt not just passenger transport, but also goods transport. And that might include food and groceries and other things that travel by rail, livestock, for example. So it could be problematic for any supply networks using the rail network. It's been reported that the average cyber attack on shipping companies is costing them about $3.1 million. So it pays to check vulnerabilities and ensure that software is uh, up to date and systems are protected. According to research carried out by Supply Chain Advantage, retailers are actively seeking ways to lower returns. And in the United States, it's 70% of retailers that are actively seeking ways to address the various processing costs and the transportation of those returns. And in the United Kingdom, it's closer to 90%. It's the increasing use of e-commerce and internet sales that's uh, driving the retailers to look at their returns and returns policies. Some retailers, as was mentioned in a previous Chain Reaction podcast, have, of course, started to look at charging for returns. This could have a number of effects, of course. It could put customers off purchasing from that organisation if they're out of line with the industry. On the other hand, from the retailer's point of view, it could put off customers ordering too many products with the aim of just keeping one or two and returning the rest. And it might just make people think in a more focused way about what they will purchase and be prepared to pay for. The World Bank and the International Monetary Fund have said that disruptions in supply chains won't be solved by reshoring. If you recall, the US government is supporting reshoring and other governments around the globe have also talked about reshoring as a solution to some of the disruptive supply chain issues that they've seen in previous months. Now I've mentioned in the Chain Reaction podcast that reshoring will not necessarily solve the problem also and you can listen 
to my edition on future supply chains, which talks about this uh, particular problem in more detail. So uh, listen to next week's edition and you'll find out a little more about that. Now, the Brookings Institute has put forward interesting proposals on how to solve the semiconductor supply chain problems. Instead of focusing on reshoring the semiconductor supply chain, which has become a more popular option in recent months, they said it would be better to concentrate on two other approaches. The United States should focus on deepening its high-tech partnerships with suppliers in South Korea, Taiwan and Europe. And secondly, amend immigration rules to permit more skilled workers to enter the United States to add to the talent available. And that would increase competitiveness of the US-based industry. The forecast from the Brookings Institute is it would help domestic production reach 10 or 12% of the global market and increase supply chain resilience. There's been a lot of talk about just-in-case logistics uh, recently, and anyone listening to Chain Reaction will know I'm not a great fan of just-in-case anything. If we're talking about mitigating risk, I'm a fan of mitigating risk, but just-in-case could lead to bloated supply chains, inefficiencies, and it could undo all the good work that we've done in supply chains over the past 20 or 30 years, to move to efficient, lower-cost supply chains. And I think that would be quite foolish. But uh, some of the suggestions being made are to encourage customers to shift away from placing frequent small orders. Well, that is a possibility, but anyone that knows about the risk involved in holding inventory might be encouraged to have a trade-off between the cost of a small order and the risk from obsolescence, slow movement of stock, or indeed scrapping or having to uh, carry that stock for longer periods of time, all of which cost money. Using robotics or artificial intelligence might indeed help, which is another suggestion. I'm keener to replace inventory with data to understand what's going on and have that visibility better. So anything that could do that would be Uh, preferable from my point of view. And people have talked about diversifying across the globe to spread the risk, which again is a possibility, or consider reshoring. Well, if you want to find out a little more about this discussion, listen to the next Chain Reaction podcast, all about the future of supply chains. Two things are always in balance for me when it comes to mitigating risk. The biggest risk you have in any supply chain is probably holding too much inventory. And there has to be a trade-off with holding that inventory against the opportunity of lost sales from customers. And so you have to strike a balance. And that's what I'll be talking about in the future of supply chains, striking the balance. This week, another consequence from the lockdowns in Shanghai appears to be that uh, the retail company Misguided, which was rescued last autumn by Altari investors, is understood to be back in administration with about 330 jobs at risk. Misguided is based in Manchester 
and suppliers turned up this week demanding payments they haven't been paid. So they've issued the winding up petition against the company. It has been a success story since its start-up by Knitting Parsi in 2009 and it was one of the biggest UK online fast fashion players. So uh, if you can't get your fashion fast and your supplies dry up, then you can see why you might be in trouble. It was also reported this week that Boohoo shoppers are returning more clothes, so that adds to our returns issue, and that's hitting the profits. They increased sales by 14% over the year to £2 billion. But challenges caused by the pandemic and the shipping costs, increased costs of overseas delivery, are problematic for the company. The fashion brand's profits before tax slumped by 94% to £7.8 in the year to the end of February. So that's the real cost of uh, supply chain holdups. Interestingly, Boohoo is in negotiations with the advisors of uh, Misguided, the administrators, to see if they can buy the company, and that deal could go through as early as next week. Funny old world. Russia cut off gas supplies to Finland this week as a retaliation for Finland's approach to join NATO. Interestingly, Germany has cut its reliance on Russian oil from 35% to 12% since the war began, and on Russian gas from 55 to 35%. In the longer term, Germany is looking at solutions to its energy problem by storing hydrogen gas to replace natural gas in many industrial processes. It will power fuel cells in trucks, trains, ships or planes, and it emits nothing but vapour or drinkable water. So a green solution too. Problems remain in Ukraine at the port of Odessa from the Russian invasion because they blockaded the ports on the Black Sea, meaning that uh, Ukraine is finding it difficult or impossible to move its uh, grain by ship. Now that's a real problem because that will cause serious issues to those countries that purchase that product, particularly in Africa where it could cause famine and death. Not to mention the problem for the suppliers, the farmers, who are trying to get paid for the work that they've done. Sri Lanka has defaulted on its debt for the first time in its history. It's the worst financial crisis in more than 70 years. And more than one expert commentator thinks that it's not really due to economic pressures, it's more mismanagement in the economy. It's what's referred to as a preemptive default, meaning that the country has said they're unable to pay their debts when they fall due in 30 days. Expert commentators have said it's a forced position where Sri Lanka wants debts restructured And the pressure it's applying to its creditors is to make that adjustment to restructure debt as a consequence of uh, their preemptive default. It wants more than $50 billion that it owes to foreign creditors to be rescheduled, restructured in some way. 
says he has a chronic shortage of foreign currency and soaring inflation. Well, inflation in Sri Lanka is at 30% and the bank rate is at 14.5%. So very high interest rates and very high inflation. The International Monetary Fund is trying to assist in the process. One final snippet of news is that it's cost Russia about $181 billion so far to uh, fund the war in Ukraine. Sanctions and other matters will be making life difficult for the Russian government. Well, don't forget to tune in to the midweek edition of Chain Reaction, when we'll be discussing the future of supply chains and also catch up on any additions that you've missed. There's plenty of interesting discussions that have taken place in the past few weeks. So uh, drop by and pick those up too. And that's it for this edition of the News Roundup. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Chain Reaction is written, produced and presented by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.